the chief of police for the city of Joplin is, is a gentleman named Sloan Rowland. He's been very nice. He's put up with me over time. And, Chief, let's talk about uh, things that uh, it came out of stat a couple of weeks ago that we're like fifth in the nation for petty property crimes in our community. And uh, thank you for having me first. I appreciate being here today. One thing you need to, to look at when you're looking at, at some of these city point, neighborhood safe sites, is the statistics and how they run them. Uh, we, sure. we rank fifth. I think one thing the, the people in Joplin need to realize is while our base population is 50,000, yes, we're actually policing a community of 200 to 240,000, depending on, on the stat you look at. And 240,000 people is a lot different. So when you spread the crimes that we have over 240,000 people, which is our actual population, daytime population, it lowers those numbers dramatically. Uh, the good thing I will tell you is if you look at those statistics, too, they're, they're based off a 2019 UCR report. And yes. I, I'll get in a little bit more about UCR here later, but there's good news. Our stats have dropped. We're uh, actually down in property crime in the last year, and we're down in crime overall by about 3%. So property crimes dropped. Burglaries have dropped significantly. So it, it is a better stat, but it is concerning when you see those on the on the different websites, and remember, a lot of those are provider websites. Are trying sure. to sell you security systems, yeah, lighting, no, things and like I, that. I, and so. I get it, but again, I, it's a Chief Sloan Roland, Joplin Police Department, the News Talk KZRG. I do, I, I do understand that a lot of times. Believe me, you wouldn't see, you wouldn't believe all the stuff that we never use that we <laughs> get across our desks. Um, is that? But I do know this: is that uh, we have some areas of our city where there have been a lot of property crimes, there have been a lot of concerns, and I know a lot of people are sitting there saying, "Well, how do I protect myself?" And you guys go in: is that if you're in an, especially an area that is quote unquote maybe a little more crime ridden than other areas, how do you make your place safer? Well, I think there's several things you can do, and I want to. When I talk about the reduction in crime we've had over the last year in 2020, a lot of that's due directly to our citizens' involvement. Uh, the good thing, one of the good things that came out of COVID, is people were home a lot more. They yes. were a lot more aware. They were out walking around. They were talking to their neighbors. So a lot of the reports we got to help us lower that crime over the past year were from citizens calling that in. So I think vigilance is the first thing you can do. Know your neighbors. Talk to your neighbors. You guys know when something in your neighborhood's not right. Uh, when you see somebody walking around that shouldn't be, and I, I tell people we'll we'll take a false call three or four times a day of a suspicious person that turns out to be nothing than somebody breaking in your car and calling after they're already breaking in your car. We'd rather come out and prevent crime than respond to crime and take a report. So, you know, lighting's a huge thing, especially in dark areas. You take away that opportunity for them not to be seen when they're coming in to steal something. So lighting's big, security, lock your doors. I know there's an argument of, leaving cars unlocked because they're going to break the locks. Well, not necessarily. Studies show that most of the time when they come across a locked car, they're not going to take a chance on breaking out a window. They'll go to the next car they find open because there's so many open. So keep your cars locked. Keep your doors locked. The vigilance. Know your neighbors. Know what's right in the neighborhood. And, and call us when you have anything at all that just seems out of the norm. Yeah, I think, uh, I think, that's, uh, I think that's good advice. Are you familiar with... Uh the broken windows theory from the Manhattan Institute. I am. I, I've read about the broken windows theory. Uh, there's there's some validity to it for sure. When you, when you ignore those for, small things. Yeah, for people that don't know what this is, essentially, if policing, if the police are centered on where there's well graffiti, broken windows, where there is vandalism, 
and they put uh, a large portion of their assets into those neighborhoods that it actually lowers murders, lowers uh, all sorts of different crime. And uh, and it just, it seems to me that that makes all sorts, of, that's all sorts of sense. But I know that with our community, like many people, many communities are having an issue because they don't have enough officers on the street. Right. And that's, that's one thing we've, we've constantly struggled with over the last few years, and it's, it's nationwide. Nationwide, they're looking at recruiting being down 65 to 70% for applicants who actually want to be police officers. Uh, currently, we're down about 16 in the city of Joplin with five more in training. So we're short over 20 people on the street right now. That That's officers that aren't going out and being able to patrol. So it's, it's had an effect for the last several years on our department overall, too. Uh, going back to the broken windows theory, that one of the things in that study that was kind of interesting, if you look, is... Also, the apathy that occurs within the community itself if you don't take care of those small yes. items from the actual citizens when they, they get used to the graffiti and the broken windows. So I'm glad in Joplin we're not seeing that. We're seeing people call us in when they're seeing graffiti, when they're seeing vandalism take place. And you're seeing a lot of neighborhoods stepping up, especially here in the last couple of years, to report things, to kind of form together into groups and to, to try to clean their own neighborhoods up. You're this, seeing that a lot. The city of Joplin has actually put together a pretty uh, standard plan to help address some of the issues that we have. And it's uh, when you have a property in this, and it could be a home, it could be uh, you know, uh, a cheap hotel, it could be a number of things, where there is a substantial amount of crime, where you guys are putting in a lot of assets, is there a way for the police department to uh, to make sure that the city knows to make sure that the these places are addressed on a on a bigger level? There is. You have uh, you have building codes enforcement that we work with. We have city boards we work with, and I'll, I'll use the old Holiday Inn as an example. Uh, we had a huge problem with people breaking in there with uh, transients and homeless staying inside yeah. there with vandalism. Uh, we work together with code enforcement with the city overall with the the board to, to overlook that, to actually determine it to be a building in need of repair. Uh, there was some action taken on that. So I, there's a lot of steps that work together. It's, it's kind of a joint effort when you have those areas, and it, it takes some time. It's not a quick fix, but I think you're seeing some of those addressed now. Chief uh, Sloan Rowland, he's with the city of Joplin. He is the, uh, the Grand Poobah, the leader of the men, and, la- men and, uh, and ladies in blue that make sure our area remains safe. Uh, Chief, uh, we obviously can't get away with uh, without talking about some of the uh, pressures put on policing. Uh, the George Floyd v- verdict with Derek Chauvin this week uh, has put uh, a microscope on police training. Uh, it's uh, it, what do you think needs to change uh, with police training? Is there is there something that is done wrong, or do you think it's more of a PR thing for the police departments? Well, I think it's a combination nationwide. I think there could there could be some standardization uh, would help a lot if everybody was on the same page on how we're doing training and what type of training we're doing. So I think standardization would be a huge thing. Uh, PR, you mentioned PR. I think we don't sell ourselves well at times. Uh, we don't explain what type of training we're doing and how thorough that training is. Uh, you know, I've talked a little bit about training before in Joplin, but it, it is a huge amount of training before you ever get Well, and it has to be continuing training because you get out and uh, it's, uh, for instance, right here at Newstock KZRG, we have somebody who breaks down the KZRG Morning News Watch outside the building for us every, you know, every month or so. 
and and it keeps everybody on uh, it keeps everybody on the straight and narrow. Well, you're a police officer. You're working. You're around criminals all day. You're dealing with all these things. It has to be very stressful. It has to be very difficult. And to keep these ladies and gentlemen on task has to be a, a continually a training problem or issue. It is, and we you know we train constantly. We have recertification training every year, and there's always new things popping up. Uh, we just went through a uh, CIT training for the entire department. We've seen a a need for more mental health training on how we deal with the mentally ill, with emotionally disturbed people, with people with disabilities. Uh, so as a department, we decided that every single person in the department, starting with me down, would set through a 40-hour crisis intervention training course. And we just accomplished that. We had, I think, two people that had COVID that still need to go this month. But other than that, the entire department went through that 40-hour course. So as emergent needs pop up, I think you have to address them. You have to stay on top of them. Uh, you have to stay current. Uh, you know, Missouri just came out with an implicit bias and de-escalation training. They added two new things to the curriculum for the state of Missouri. Well, we've been doing that since well before 2012. So I think that standardization I talked about, if it, that was nationwide, it, w- it would help our PR. It would help explain what kind of training we got, and it, it would make it uniform across the board. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's uh, that's really important, and I, I and I can't I'd be remiss if I didn't thank uh, the ladies and gentlemen who serve us who are out there protecting our streets on a daily basis. I know ninety nine point nine 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 percent of our officers are fantastic human beings, and like any job, there's a clinker now and again. How do you guys when you guys have an officer that's a clinker? That somebody that you know is not doing is either too aggressive or is just not doing the job the way you need to do. What is the process there of putting him or her, you know, pulling them off the street? Well, I have to start the conversation by telling you I I, I am very blessed every day to come in and lead a phenomenal group of men and women that do a great job for this community. Yes, or jail or dispatch on the street in uniform, just a great bunch of men and women. You know, you will have that outlier now and then. Uh, our policies it's humanity you know i I like to tell people we we don't hire robots we hire humans and eventually we're going to make a mistake and i think the key is you take responsibility for that mistake and you take action when it happens we have i think 121 uh sogs under our policies and procedures it's like 774 pages of policy that we have Uh, we're one of the most regulated departments in the four state area i can tell you that so we hold people very accountable if it's something minor, it may begin with remedial training or sending you back through some type of course, uh, but you're going to be held to a higher standard in Joplin, and there's a lot, of, a lot of things that will just not be tolerated as an officer. And I think we've been very good over the last few years of, of taking action when we need to take action. When we have those disciplinary issues, they're dealt with efficiently, uh, professionally, and we, we don't allow that. Yeah, I think that's terrific. Chief, thank you so much. And again, thank you very much for uh, everything you do for our community and for putting up with us right here on the Newstalk AZRG Morning News. Well, anytime. Thank you, sir. All righty.